This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. Usually I'm here with Laura Heck, but she is gone somewhere. I don't know where. But don't fear. Today I have two guests with me. I have Dustin and Melissa Nickerson. Dustin Nickerson is a comedian. He just wrote a book called How to Be Married to Melissa. Uh, I'm here to talk to them both about comedy, about marriage, about how they make it work. Um, Dustin has a lot of really great insights in a book that Melissa also participates in. Um, I really just wanted to hear from them about how they put it all together. Um, I think you ought to pick up Dustin's book. I'm a big fan. I'll tell you all about it in the interview. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Well, tell me about you guys. I mean, tell me who, who are Dustin and Melissa? Cliff Notes. Uh, I, uh, I was raised in South Seattle area, uh, Federal Way Tacomas for your Puget Sound listeners. Um, raised by a single dad, uh, you know, non-religious uh, environment. We weren't poor. We were poor adjacent. We were right there in the vicinity of poverty. Small house, big extended family. Uh, mostly redneck crew, um, you know, went to, met her in high school, went to the University of Washington. We got married while we were in college, been together about 18 years. Uh, you're been married 18, 18 years, years. been yeah. together about yeah. 20 years, three kids. We live in San Diego now. Your origin story is less mm-hmm. of a direct shot. Yeah, I was a Air Force brat, so we moved about every three years and, um, Older brother, two little twin sisters below me, um, and I would say more white collar, more you know, uh, disciplined and <laughs> <laughs> um, and high achieving. And uh, yep, we came to Seattle for my dad to work at Boeing at Tacoma, um, and we met at youth group on a youth group mission trip. Uh, before my senior year of high school and found my guy. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. I'm being cringy. <laughs> you never said that I in your whole life. Found my guy. <laughs> I found the one. Um, anyway, we just grew up together. 
Yeah. <laughs> right on. What's that like? I mean, I, I, I sit with a whole bunch of couples and I'm kind of like you. I mean, I met my wife when I was 22, so not quite high school sweethearts. It was actually right after I graduated from college and we were together since then. So we sort of raised each other. What's that been like in terms of um, going from being children together to being grownups? Do you have a, do you have an understanding of that reality that you kind of became grownups together at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think mm-hmm. sometimes like we go out of the way personally and I go out of the way in this book to not, um, to not even use the term like successful as far as a marriage lasting. Cause I don't even mm-hmm. like thinking in those black and white terms of like, uh, a successful marriage is one that stays together and a divorce is a failure. Cause I don't think that. Um, and so we go out of our way not to divorce shame because we know we more, we, because we were so young when we met and so young when we got married, we know that there is just an amount of dumb luck to the fact that we have grown and remained, you know, compatible people that are because we were children we were so young at the time but have grown together in a way that we were complimentary then and still are now um because you know it's uh we have changed i i you you just pulled up an old picture of us in high school and you're like that's not i mean technically that's not but that's not me at all um so we do, I have an understanding of it and we are very grateful and also do just, I, I do, yes, marriages work. Yes, you have to work on it. All those kind of things. Absolutely true. Also, there is some dumb luck to it. You know, I don't know how do you think about it in the, the raising each other type stuff. Um, no, I think in every sense of the word we did, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I remember like planning our college classes together. You know, like in the like little student union building, you know, like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. You get married really young and then you also have kids and you're like, I mean, you don't have to do it that way. (laughs) You know, yeah, like there to take me to get my wisdom teeth taken out. I mean, there's some some youth (laughs) things here, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it's I mean, I think I think you guys and me were a little bit different than a lot of people because we we got married because it was the way that you sort of signaled that you were an adult. And these days we live in a world where a lot of people are sort of becoming adults and then they go, Oh, I guess now is the time for me to get married. And so it's a little bit backwards. I come from the same sort of tradition as you guys in terms of like kind of coming out of the faith and understanding that, you know, sometimes getting married was the way that you sort of signaled you had arrived. And it just, it was a little bit of a hard awakening to understand that that wasn't necessarily going to be the case. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, I really, I really am interested in a couple of things just about your specific journey in part, because I've had this, I've had this energy on the podcast to talk to people who are really good at a thing. So I had a Top Gun pilot on once and I had a, a guy who was a professional nerd. He, he is one of these guys who makes uh, YouTube videos about the Easter eggs that you missed in last night's episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, we talked to, uh, um, got to talk to an Olympic athlete uh, because I want to know, like, what do they know about their thing that helps people understand our thing and our thing is relationship. And so I've been dying to talk to a comedian because I'm interested to know what, the two of you have learned specifically about comedy and how comedy, uh, whatever that is informs 
the way that you move through the world, maybe you move through your relationship, not just your job, but the way that you interact with each other and the way that you make sense of the world. Um, that's, that's been an energy of mine. And I'm, I, so I'm, I'm just want to pick your brain a little bit about what you've learned. Cause I understand your trajectory. I understand that you sort of came through, um, sort of the pastoral route. And I love that one line and where you say, Hey man, I, I quit being a pastor to go do comedy, you know, sort of like, um, so it's something about that transition, but, but there's something about the art itself that I think is interesting to hear about. Yeah. I, I always am hesitant, as you know, to refer to, uh, comedy as art, uh, cause it's a very, if it is an art, it's a very, very silly, stupid one. It, okay. <laughs> it is technically one. It really, um, it really, you know, walks the line of entertainment arts, art entertainment right there. Right. Yeah. What's the better word? Is it, is it craft? Uh, yeah, it does. I don't know what it is. Craft works. It, it's an, we're in, I'm in show business. I'm in, we're in the entertainment yeah. industry because, um, you know, more so than anything, it's my responsibility to put on a good show. That's, uh, that's job number one. But I do talking about kind of like big C comedy and not stand up, not the job of it. You know, I've, yeah. uh, comedy is the only thing that, uh, I, you know, I was a, not like a lonely kid, but raised by a single dad. We didn't talk a lot. Like that, he worked a lot. We weren't super emotionally close comedy, music, movies, like that's how I process the world. That's the only stuff that kind of resonated with me. And like, I remember watching Miss Doubtfire and the last scene when he's dressed as Miss Doubtfire addressing the camera slash his kids talking about divorce and being like, this is the first conversation adults had with me about divorce. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I recognize a, how it was helpful, but also just how much I enjoyed it, how much I enjoyed laughing, how much I uh, enjoyed how people could share their worldview and their perspective, uh, whether it be about parenting or politics or shampoo or traffic or whatever it may be. Um, I, I definitely really resonated with it and was was drawn to it in that sense. And like if I have a life thesis, it's that I want I I hate serious things. I hate people taking mm. things seriously. Uh, I, and I, I know there, I know you should take something seriously. <laughs> I never enjoy it. I've never one time enjoyed a serious moment in my whole life. Um, and, and that's my function within the role is to, and, and within the world, my role was in it. But, uh, and, and so hopefully I can help people in that but it just means there's tons of trial and error and that, uh, there are some things that I should be taking seriously. And, uh, and I, and I joke about them. Too. <laughs> I joke about them when you should. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, how does that work for you, Melissa? Like that as, um, as a person? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know there's, I, I know them. They're my friends. They're just like with their spouses. They're like, knock it off. Stop it. Like, this is serious. Like, you know, don't do this. And, um, I don't know, I guess I just, I too am, can be lighthearted. I'm way more serious, but, um, but I think I do love humor and I think it helps to, um, not make me so serious. So 
Um, yeah, I don't have, you know, a lot of spouses, like they don't want jokes about them. Um, and I, I think that is the funniest thing in the world. I think yeah. Dustin making fun of me is just so funny. So, <laughs> so I, I, well, you were not going to work for everyone. You said, um, you said, oh, and the, and this is not to diminish how, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith felt in that moment when Chris Rock made that oh, joke yeah. uh, and what yeah. she made up going through. The award show, you yeah. said to be made fun of Chris Rock. What or an honor to be made fun of by Chris. Rock. To made, be made fun yeah. of by Chris Rock. What an honor. Yeah. And I was like, you are a comedian's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you looked at. And you're like, I'd love to be I, made fun of. Yeah. And I had so many, I was like the security and yeah, you yeah. know, like the stage. Yeah. I, I had so many red flags with that. Yeah. But. Well, it's interesting because I, I think, you know, in my work, I do spend a lot of time trying to get people to take themselves a lot less seriously. And that is something that I've noticed about you guys. Uh, I watched a little bit of your stuff online and, and just again, reading through, and I feel like there's a, there's a strength, there's a value there. And you still, I forget exactly what it was, but you did, uh, you talked about conflict that you have, and some of it's not about the big stuff. It's about very, very little things. What was the, what was the example that you used? I feel like it was, um, I don't know. It's always the dishwasher or it's always, you know, traffic or it's always something that yeah. gets you into these world beating fights. But yeah, um, I mean, that's what the surface of the fight is. But like we talked about, I think the metaphor we use in there is like, that's, that's the broken sidewalk where it's the trees roots under the sidewalk that are actually the issue there. You know, like if we're fighting over, I think I use the example of the mispronunciation of a word or the old categories fight or oh, salsa salsa. Yeah. Oh yeah. Categories, the categories fight. Yeah. yeah that was the fight. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that there's, that's a, we're not actually fighting over categories, right? We're no. the, there's much deeper issues at play there. You know, I actually thought that was a really brilliant part of, of, of the manuscript where you talk about this categories fight and then Melissa chimes in with her point of view and goes, what he's failing to mention is that two hours earlier, there was this other thing. And I've been in conversation with couples and I'll say, Hey, describe to me what happened. And he'll say, well, it happened. And it was this 10 minutes and maybe it was 6 PM to 6, 10 PM. And she'll, and I'll say, Hey, what do you think happened? And she'll say, Oh, well, it was actually five 30 to seven 15. And so the, the idea of even what the fight was is totally incongruent. Um, you know, right. and you have this idea that you get to choose about whether to be right or whether to be connected. Mm. Yeah. That's so a good way of putting really, it. I've never thought of that. It's whether or not you could be right or connected. The, um, because I have been right in a lot of fights and so have you, uh, but I've never been right and connected. <laughs> I, I, I can't be uh, triumphant and together. It yeah. It's yeah. not going to. Actually, um, she's from the Northwest, Brandy Carlisle. She has a yep. big artist, singer. She has a lyric in one of her, her new album, Nothing Holy Comes From Being Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen fun. to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think about, you know, it's funny you mentioned that about the categories fight. Two, th mm -hmm. two thoughts on that. One, the birth of Mel's POV in the those those sections that Mel has in the book that came from her 
that that came from still, still remember that fight differently. Yeah, that you yeah. still remember that fight differently, <laughs> and you correcting yeah. me on that fight is what, as we I was writing the book, was what prompted us to be like, oh, we should add this. This mm-hmm. would be fun to add Mel's because you know, yeah. you know, and this is you know selective memory stuff. I don't even. I had totally forgotten about that first part of the fight. Totally yeah. forgot. Like I was like, "Oh, you're, that's just that's even more irrelevant details." And you're like, "Oh no, 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 no! That's what's <laughs> happening there." Well, it speaks to context, right? Like, there's content of the fight, and then there's the context of the fight, and and that's what you're describing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think we Unless were. You were going to say. Yeah, like we were, we had some friends or family over. We probably yeah. served them a dessert. We're like, look, we're this young little married couple and we got our stuff together. And then we, you know, <laughs> melted down publicly. <laughs> yeah. <over> a word. <laughs> um, yeah. The facade was <laughs> broken down. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, I mean, again, t- thinking about the book, what led you to even to write it? You know, did you have a, did you have this energy that you needed to get out or was it, did somebody say, Hey, what do you think? Or was it, did it evolve naturally? Like where, where did it come from for you guys? There was a, there was a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> uh, my job was, elite. I heard about that. My yeah. job, my job was against the law. Uh, <laughs> I was touring backyards sparingly. And I had some time on my hands and I thought, uh, you know, I was approached during, during the pandemic because I, um, I just, when every, when everything first shut down, I was like, well, I have an, I needed to, I need to figure some stuff out on my online presence. Anyways, I need to learn how to edit videos. I need to figure out, I need to be better in this space. And I just kind of got to work on that. And the thing with the internet is you never know who's watching. And, mm-hmm. and I never, I had kicked, I had always had this idea for a book. I, the, the specifically the title, how to be married to Melissa, that book, that mm-hmm. idea has been ruminating for a long time. Um, with the exact thesis that this book is that, you know, I say, you know, 50%, um, you know, in hyperbole that marriage books are a crock, you know, it, with the, the idea that no one could give you this, 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 this advice that universally applies to your individual marriage. But when you play the internet, when you put some kind of the internet, you never know who's watching. And I kid you not after throwing or just, you know, like as, as, as someone in my field, you always have like a pilot ready, a movie idea ready, maybe a cartoon mm-hmm. ready, a book ready. You always have thoughts that you go, these might be things that happen eventually. And uh, it was like within a week, I had like two different um, literary agents reach out. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling on that. And it's, you know, it's, why do you, th- I know that's not like a popular. I, particularly amongst like literary folk and, and aspiring authors, if you want to write a book, I, I know, I know, you know, and I, you should be writing and reading and perfecting your craft. Absolutely. To write the best book that you can. Absolutely. You also are going to get an opportunity to publish that book a lot faster and it's yeah. still more and you'll get more money when you sell it. If you are focusing on building a platform, it's the unfortunate reality. 
Kevin Hart's not a great yeah. book writer, as far as I know, but he has best-selling books. You know, um, that I, I kind of hate you right now, just because of exactly that. I've been writing for you know my whole life. I published two books on my own. I have finally got a proposal that I put in front of two agents, and they were like, "This book is amazing. The world needs this book. It's going to be fantastic." And then they were like, yeah. "I can't sell it." So you yep. and I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Well, I mean, that's, that we do. Yeah, that's but, that's the world but your that book I live actually in. is, I want to, I want to really though, like circle back to, that's not a dig at your book because I think it's very well written. And again, it does this thing that I think, um, needs to happen, which is people can read through the principles and practices that you're, that you're putting forward. Um, but also understand that that's, those things aren't going to necessarily work for them until they, until they get the second part of the book, which is the two Melissa part, right? Like the part where it goes, all of these things in theory are really great, but some of this stuff you have to throw out and some of this stuff you have to adapt and some of that. And this is how we've done it. And, um, and I just, I think, I think the world needs more of those kinds of readings because I have this incredible privilege of sitting with people all the time. And I have all of these ideas about what makes a relationship work. I have, I have so many stories about sort of successful, you know, pivots or applications or re recoveries and repairs. And people don't have that opportunity. They have mostly the opportunity of sitting in their own home with their own partner and figuring out how to make their own thing work. And I think they need more opportunities to be, um, to get perspective and to be creative, um, which I think you provide. Thanks. Hey guys, it's me, Laura, and I'm here with my son, Holden. Hiya! <laughs> Some of you have may picked up that I'm a pretty health conscious person and that I have a passion for focusing my energy on making healthy meals, juicing, and taking my vitamins every day. I have a regular regime for myself and my son keeps asking if he can have the vitamins that I take. Look, I'm not a doctor, but I figured handing over my adult vitamins probably was not a great idea. So I went on search for a multivitamin that my seven-year-old would be just as pumped to take with his mom every morning. And here's a few things that I discovered in my own health journey. Not all vitamins are created equal. When it comes to vitamins, it really is quality over quantity. So after searching for the perfect kiddo vitamin, I found Haya. And what I love most about Haya is that he is getting 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. All of this is in one chewable without all of the added sugar and junk that most other gummies come with. Most children gummies contain five grams of added sugar and Haya has zero sugar, zero junk. The best part about Haya is that my son is the one who keeps reminding me that he needs to take his vitamin because it's delicious and it's something that's special just for him. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off for your first order. To claim this deal, you need to go to hayahealth.com forward slash MTR. So this deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash MTR and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. You know, there's this idea that a successful marriage is in some parts the product of dumb luck, but what is it? What would you call a successful marriage? Hmm. And part of it is you don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's probably one of the, I mean, again, if the idea of this book, like I don't, I don't know that I could define that. I can only define yeah. what a successful marriage for us is. 
what a successful yeah. relationship yeah, yeah. for us is. And that's and I was just that kind of ties into what you say you might have missed there is that if there is the thesis of this book, it's that it, it's it's that I can't talk about marriage. I can only talk about our marriage. This is what our marriage yeah. is. And we know what success in our marriage is. We know what it, uh, you know, feeling, I would say feeling connected. That's, that's what it is for us. Feeling together, feeling one, you know, feeling. I think it's like two people um, actively working on themselves and in their relationship, you know, willing to grow, change and try (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah yeah the try piece is a big one you're right about that because it is easy to just be like ah, i don't i don't want to change i don't want to work on that and you, you mentioned connection earlier in the conversation right that uh being right or being connected you know that's part of the try yeah that's yeah. good mm-hmm. yeah that's i like that yeah. a lot yeah i would say there is always something there's always something that both of you want um and that's got to be the target. And usually if, if they can't identify what it is, I'll say, how about you want to go to bed feeling more connected and less sad? And people are like, oh yeah, I want that. I go, okay, well then maybe everything else trickles down from there, including the way you parent, including the way that you engage conflict, including the way that you engage intimacy. I think another thing that really shines in your book is the idea that you guys are primarily sex positive, um, meaning that you don't have, um, a lot of sort of the trappings of, um, sort of cultural shame or embarrassment or whatever else that's sort of a part of your, part of what can easily become wrapped up in, uh, in the culture. If you're, if you're not paying attention, that that's always, I think, part of what a successful relationship is because you can have the part about how you're working on yourself and you're trying, but you can do that with your roommate or your brother or your kid but you do have to add this other part, which is, and we really do choose to engage intimacy in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I think that if we define if working from what I said of what defines our successful marriage would be like feeling connected and which I know is very ethereal and like doesn't show up on a stat sheet somewhere. Um, but we know exactly what it feels like and we know what it even more. So we know what it feels like when you're disconnected like and you're not connected. Yeah, exactly. Without, without sex and intimacy, that doesn't, that can't, we can't fully be there, but that has been a, an issue at times where, you know, there had been one of us wanting to, and, and the other going like, I don't feel connected enough for this. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause there is a vulnerability and a willingness and, and there can't be uh, for us, there can't be a demanding of it. There has to be, like, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I think it is part of feeling connected, but I also think it is kind of a fruit of being connected and it doesn't really, uh, happen, uh, without the connection piece. Right. Um, what do your, what do your kids think of your relationship? I always <laughs> ask that question. Like if, if I said, Hey man, tell me about your parents, what would they tell us? Hmm. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're no, at such think, different life stages, the 15 year old boy, the 12 year old uh, girl, the eight year old girl. What do you think they thought? Well, we do joke you know, like our son went to summer camp and we were like, you know, dad and I met at 16 and 17. <laughs> I know. We have thought about that. Like, I mean, if you're on our timeline, you will meet your wife next summer. <laughs> yeah. This weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But no pressure. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think 
I think they know we're happy and that we choose each other. Um, I know that they have to sacrifice sometimes too, you know, like, and we'll tell them we're like, Hey, I mean, you'll be fine the next two hours. You've got, you know, this babysitter or your siblings, like, like we took our daughter on a walk last night, 20 minutes, you know, and we were like, our eight year old, we were like, you can come, but we're going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> you know, like, we didn't actually want her to go. We're like, this is a, us, yeah. you know, and she talked a lot, but we were like, and we're still going to talk a little bit too, yeah. you know? Um, so we've been doing your homework for the last hour with you, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're going to choose a little bit of us for a bit, but of course we love you. And yeah, I think both know? of us. Both of us, I don't know, I've thought this before, like, I, I think our kids know we, they probably think we're better, a better marriage than we are parents. Uh, <laughs> mm, uh, because I love that. Um, you know, I don't think we're bad parents, but I do know we have a good marriage that I do know. Um, mm-hmm. Too early to tell. Too early to tell on the parenting <laughs> thing. We're what, and, and I wouldn't have said that in the real thick of it. And, and, and we'll probably, you know, we'll, we'll have dips in the marriage again. That's what it's like, right? There are, there are uh, upcoming trials ahead of us, you know, uh, that I I'm sure of, but I do think that they know we prior, I know they know they prior, we prioritize each other because like we, we, we went on a, both to promote this book and some personal stuff, a few things this spring where they had sitters and grandpa was watching them and stuff like that. And, and even our eight year old kind of like sillyly said like the point of having children is not to leave them. Yeah. <laughs> and we laughed was like, I mean, this is the same girl that we missed her first day at kindergarten. Cause we're like, I mean, I'm going to be in New York. If you want to come there for our anniversary, like we tell that story in the book that they know that they're loved and they know that they're cared for. But I also do think that they are very well aware of the fact that, we predate them. This predates them and will exist after they're out of the house still. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I actually think that's really powerful because, um, I think Melissa, you said it, the idea that, um, they know that we choose one another, that, that feels really important. And in fact, it's part of when I talk to people who are churchy, um, I'll remind them that the definition out of Genesis actually is that, that a man uh, leaves mom and dad. So there's that leave piece. They, he is united unto his wife and the two become one. Right. And so there's these three verbs, leave, be united, and then become. And I think those, that leave part is really critical because that's what your kids are going to do. You predate them and they, they will, uh, one day you will want them to leave, frankly. Right. You'll say, Hey, maybe I have two daughters at some point. I imagine I'm going to walk down and somebody's going to say, who, who gives this girl away? I'll be like me. I'll, I'll give her away. Like she can go. And so the, there is this part that the, that the relationship with her mom and me uh, is the one that remains. So I think that's actually a really wonderful thing. If your kids are able to say that they're better married than they are parents. But I'll tell you what, man, parenting is minor 15 and 19. And I don't think it's ever been harder. So you're, you're at the, yeah, you're, you're at 16 as the oldest 15, 15 and almost 13. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it is parenting is so much harder than marriage, at least right now. <laughs> yeah, this isn't on cruise control, but we I we know how to do this. Like, yeah, I know at least the in marriage. this. And again, there we there can be there's 
you know, we don't, there'll be new challenges ahead, but every challenge that we've had so far and the challenges that we're facing right now, with the exception, that's not even true. I was going to say with the exception of this book coming out on Tuesday, but I've released projects before and I know yeah. there's always just like a, oh, how are people going to receive this? And that's what yeah. I'm feeling right now. But we know how to navigate this stuff. With parenting, you're just like, I mean, today is our son's last day of his freshman year. And I was just like, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I have to figure out how to keep a 15 year old busy all summer. I don't know how to do yeah. this. You know, but yeah. I know he has to be busy. <laughs> so how are you, I mean, how are you guys feeling? Do you feel like you're about to be, I mean, you're, you're forward facing quite a bit. Melissa, you seem like you, you understand the nature of the game, but you know, in a week or two, your, your whole, or now I guess your whole story is going to be out there. Does that feel, does that feel, how does it feel? What does that feel like? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people always like pull out a nugget that you like forgot about or mm-hmm. you didn't, that, that wasn't your big takeaway, you know? So yeah, it's fun to see people connect with the work and you just never know what they're going to connect with, you know? Um, yeah, so I, it's true. I enjoy that. Um, and that's fun. I mean, there's, there's criticism, there's, uh, you know, I don't remember the story that way, you know, like everybody has their little piece, you know, in our story and in our life. And, um, hopefully, uh, everyone will be gracious and know that we best mentions, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's brave. I think it's funny. I think it's really respectful to you both, um, just as a, as an exercise in the, um, in the sort of the process of showing what it means to be sort of transparently, transparently moving through this thing. I will definitely make sure that my friends and family read it. And I hope that the folks that are listening to the podcast will, is there anything that you want to make sure they hear about before we, before we shut this thing down? No, I don't think so. Where do people learn more about Dustin Nickerson? Yeah. You know, the nice thing about, uh, being named Dustin Nickerson is there are no others of me in show business. So that I know of at least. And if there is, I'm, I've conquered said Dustin, um, anywhere, uh, my, all my, basically the Google, right? Yeah, exactly. Dustin Nickerson, uh, is all my handles, Dustin Nickerson comedy for, uh, TikTok. Uh, I have a special on YouTube. You Google me, you'll find me. I'm touring back up in Seattle in August. You know, we, uh, yeah, I have tickets. We're going to yeah. make sure that we see you then. And, uh, awesome. and I'll be bringing, bringing my, bringing my crew. Excellent. Hey, first show sold out. So if you haven't bought tickets, you're stuck at the late show. Yeah. Well, we, I prefer the late show. So that's where we'll, we'll be there at the nine o'clock show. So excellent. Fantastic. And Melissa, do people need to find you too? Or are you just, uh, you're just CEO? I'm, of yeah. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on our podcast. Um, our funny podcast about family. Um, don't make me come yep. back there. And, um, I, you can, you can, as long as you're not too creepy, I'll accept you on Instagram. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. she's got a little filter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's, it's not too creepy. Exactly. exactly. You need yeah, to yeah. have one photo posted, you know, you need to, um, <laughs> look normalish. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to talk to you guys. Thank you for making time for me. I'm going to go ahead and land this plane and then we will figure out how to make sure that everybody becomes aware of how to be married. 
yeah, how to be married to Melissa Correct. Uh, on newsstands now or newsstands. Are there still newsstands? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just hoping we get you in a target. If I see you in a target, we're going to freak out. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. There you have it. Dustin and Melissa Nickerson. Um, I really enjoy talking to them. Um, you might remember I have this thing where I want to always pick the brain of experts and see what they have to teach us about um, how their job informs a relationship. Dustin and Melissa did not disappoint. I love uh, their take on humor and how it all works together to help form a relationship. Check out Dustin's book, How to Be Married to Melissa. That's on sale now. And I will thank you for all the time and attention you're putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.